Welcome to Pushing Back the Dark with Lacey Buchanan. I'm so glad you're here to walk this journey hand in hand with me as we strive to walk worthy of our calling as mothers, wives, women, and image bearers of God. I look forward to living out our purpose together as we keep on pushing back the dark. Hello, everybody. Um, Good afternoon. I am thankful that you are here today. I'm excited for another podcast, and I'm just so thrilled about how this podcast is going, you guys. Um, I am just so enjoying getting to um, talk with you guys and uh, share some more of my heart with y'all in um, a different platform than what I'm used to, but one that I am really loving. Um, I am just a person of words, so getting the chance to talk um, like this is just so awesome for me, sometimes therapeutic, and um, I'm just, I really hope that you guys are enjoying this and being blessed by it, Um, and uh, I did want to remind you guys, I also have a blog um, that you guys can check out um, that has um, sort of some different content on it. I write a lot about our family and personal things and what's going on, Um, and on the podcast, I try to talk about uh, more universal things and stuff that might be um, that might apply to more people, that might touch more people. Um, My blog is found at christianbuchanan.blogspot.com. We may be moving that soon over to uh, my website at laceybuchanan.com so that we don't have to use a hosting platform. But um, that's kind of in the works, so I will keep you guys updated on if it does move. But um, I am posting a blog every other Monday, and my podcast on the uh, Mondays that I'm not posting a blog um, is sort of what I try to do. Last this week I was, um, or well, last week I was a day late on my um, my blog post. Um, and if you read the blog, you can find out why. But um, long story short, we welcomed some um, children in foster care into our home um, just for a few days. It was a, a temporary, short-term placement, but we really enjoyed it. And so I talked about that. Um, it was really um, a great experience for us. So you can hop over there to read more about that. I did also want to remind you guys about my Patreon. You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Lacey Buchanan. And I share sort of behind the scenes things um, and just stuff that I would not uh, or that I don't. Not that I wouldn't, but that I don't share um, on my other social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram and things like that. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so it's it's a, a fun platform, too. You get early access to some of my things. Um, I'm hopeful that in the future I will be doing um, some, uh, like, one-on-one chats with Patreon members, um, like, one-on-one phone calls type things. Um, yeah, and we just have a lot of fun stuff planned. So um, if you're interested, hop over there and check that out, too. Um, today I wanted to talk... Um, about I wrote a a podcast um, today titled "Dancing on the Heartache," and um, today's podcast uh, I I titled it "Dancing on the Heartache" because um, I wanted to talk a little bit about my own journey through some heartache that I've experienced, and I um, I feel like "Dancing on the Heartache" describes really well where I find myself today. Um, so uh, it, it was the inspiration for this um, for this podcast. Um, 
And I hope that in sharing what I'm sharing today, that uh, anybody listening to this can find hope like in the midst of your own heartache and to know that uh, weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Um, so where where the, the phrase came from, where I heard it, um, it some of you may even um, know what I'm about to say if you listen to Christian music. Um, I keep my radio in my car on 94 from the Fish, a local Christian station, most of the time. Um, just been listening for a long time, and that's just where I'm at. And I was going to the grocery store last week, and um, a song came on, and I've heard it a bunch. Um, and it didn't, it wasn't one of one of my particularly favorite songs um, for no no particular reason. It just didn't connect with me or click with me, right? Like some other songs, um, you know how that goes. Um, but for whatever reason, um, that that day when I was listening, um, and I'd heard the song, like I said, tons of times. Uh, it just kind of like stuck with me and and touched me in a way that I um, that the song had not before. Um, so the song you may be familiar with it is called "Burn the Ships" and it is uh, by For King and Country. Definitely go check it out. It's a it's a really good song. Um, they have a really unique um, sound for King and Country do. So I really I really like them. Um, but that song in particular wasn't one of my favorites that they had done um, until now. <laughs> um, so the song is basically just about overcoming heartache um, and kind of and it's not so much about like how to overcome it or the um, process of overcoming it, but just what it feels like when you overcome it and to have hope that you will. Um, and so I actually had to Google the phrase burn the ships to find out what it meant. Um, I'm in the south and we use lots of old sayings Um my mom is famous for her old sayings. Um, one that I remember in particular, solemn as a judge, um, <laughs> lazy as a, let's see, lazy as a dog. Uh, we have a bunch of them. Um, and so um, I had to Google burn the ships. And it means practically, it's a saying to mean to sort of symbolize that once you arrive at the place that you're going to, um, you're not going back to where you came from. And so you burn the ship that you came in on to show your commitment to where you are now and your commitment to not going back. And so uh, burning the ships ruins your avenue um, to go back to where you were before, right? So if I was talking to somebody and wanted to express like my full commitment to whatever we were talking about, um, I could say like, yeah, I'm burning the ships on this. Um and like I said, that's not a phrase that's commonly used um, in my area. So I had to look it up. Um, so I wanted to also read you guys just like one little part of the lyrics to the song. But I do encourage you to go look it up and listen to the whole song. Um, but don't worry. I'm not going to sing to you guys. I want to um, gain podcast listeners, not scare you guys away. So um, I will read a little short snippet of the lyrics to you guys. Um, the the part that stuck out to me the most in the song says, Step into a new day. We can rise up from the dust and walk away. We can dance upon the heartache. So light a match, leave the past, burn the ships, and don't you look back. So, yeah, so the song is kind of a metaphor for leaving the past behind. And the phrase dance upon the heartache in that song, for some reason, just really resonated with me that day. Um, and I think it's because in my own life, I have experienced such deep heartache in the last 10 years or so. Um, 
and I'm now, I mean, I can honestly say that I'm on the other side of it. Not to say that there are not still hard days, um, but that I, I am truly on the other side of that. And so when I heard the phrase, dance upon the heartache in that song, I truly felt like that was a representation of sort of where I'm at in life and where I have fought my way to. Um, and and so for anybody who knows what it feels like to just be drowning in the waves of like heartache and despair, you know that the thought of dancing on those waves and leaving the past behind sounds totally and completely out of touch with reality, but um, also desperately wanted. I remember being in those really hard days and desperately wanting some relief, but also not being able to fully imagine what relief would even look like or feel like at the time. Um, So today, I just want to discuss this a little bit and maybe give some of you some hope um, who may be feeling like you're drowning in waves of heartache. Um, And and hopefully that you will one day find yourself uh, dancing on the heartache instead of drowning in it. So, Many of you guys probably know um, a lot about the story of my heartache from following us on social media. I've been sharing for about nine or ten years now on social media, Um, but some of you may not. So I'll just tell a a quick rehash of that story to catch anyone up who may not know. Um, I won't go into tons of detail, but um, just to give you a good idea. About ten years ago, my first child, Christian, was born with extreme and significant birth defects that left him blind um, and in need of multiple complex and invasive reconstructive surgeries. I was 23 when he was born, and in my first year of law school, I knew nothing about how to raise a child in general, let alone a child with um, significant medical issues. I felt totally incompetent to be what he needed. I struggled with that incompetence. Um, severely. My marriage subsequently fell apart. I spent years fighting hospitals and insurance companies to get Christian the medical care that he needed so that his quality of life wouldn't suffer. Um, I had, like I mentioned, started law school um, the year before that Christian, the year before Christian was born and was trying to make it through school with the motivation of making a better life for Christian and her whole family. Uh, I was also trying to work a full-time job while making sure that Christian was cared for, which was not easy. I couldn't just sign him up for daycare. Um, You know, with his medical needs, he required skilled nursing care. And if any of you guys have ever had experience with that, it's really hard to get and keep good nurses. Um, And and it was a constant struggle. And not only that, I was also just trying to survive law school. Um, And I, I, I was totally and utterly drowning. And the longer this went on, the harder it got until I just completely broke. Um, that, that, that was the inevitable outcome. Depression fell on me like a dark, thick cloud, and it stayed for about eight years. Um, PTSD from our time in the hospital um, and watching Christian go through surgeries and just other events set in hard, and I struggled every single day for many, many years to just put one foot in front of the other. Um, anxiety riddled me and it just filled my days. Um, there was not a day that I lived and breathed that was just not full of anxiety. Um, I would close my eyes to sleep at night and be haunted by nightmares of Christian dying or just other terrible things. Um, and when I was awake, it, it wasn't much better. I would have, uh, 
anxiety attacks multiple times every day um, to the point where I just learned how to hide them from others um, so that I could be able to function outside of my home and not because I wanted to function outside of my home um, but because I had to because Christian you know needed to go to doctors and therapies and um, and I you know I had to be out in front of people and I just learned how to how to cover up the anxiety attacks and what I really wanted to do was crawl into the bed and just never get back up but that just wasn't a choice Um, the heartache that I experienced during that time was so great so intense so deep that I was just, I was convinced I wouldn't survive it. Um, I spent time begging God to take it from me. Lots of time begging him. Um, but he didn't, and it didn't just one day go away. Um, I remember lying in bed at night um, often and telling God that there's no way I would survive another day um, of what I was going through. And I would just literally lay in bed and cry um, you know, actual tears and cry out to God in ways that I'd never done before um, up until that point um, and haven't haven't since. Um, and it was it was in a sort of desperation that I did this that I wish nobody else ever had to experience. Um, somehow, by the grace of God, <laughs> I did survive each day. Um, and I'm, I'm still here today. Um, and today I, I look back on those days with just so much compassion and empathy for that young woman who was me, who was fighting so hard just to survive. And I can still feel the deep ache of that pain in my bones, but it doesn't hurt the same way anymore. Um, if I could describe it, it used to hurt like an open wound that was constantly being reopened that was constantly being hit that was constantly having salt poured into it just the slightest brush would send shockwaves through me but now it hurts like a scar that never quite feels right after the injury Um, it's it's there but it's a distant memory of that open wound that used to exist and and through all of that heartache I searched constantly for answers from God Sometimes I demanded them. Other times I begged. Uh, Sometimes I bribed. Honestly, I just was desperate enough to try anything that I thought might work. I didn't care what that thing was. I just wanted to try it. Um, And while God answered me in the ways that I needed, it certainly wasn't in the way that I wanted him to. Um, I begged for relief. I pleaded with him to just end my suffering and fix everything and just make everything okay. And he just didn't do it. And I didn't know why then, but now I realize that he was building me up, refining me, preparing me for the future. Um, And that's not to say that he caused all the heartache to to prepare me for the future, but he used my heartache um, in a way that was for my own good and that it wasn't wasted. And so that refining fire was so painful, Um, but God had mercy upon me and used it. Uh, for my good. And I spent so much time questioning God during this time. Um, In my pain and just, you know, in my flesh, I would say things in anger about how he must like take pleasure in watching me just writhe in pain because he never seemed to try to stop it. Other times I figured um, it wasn't that he was watching and laughing at me. 
it just must be that he has no idea what's going on. Uh, he must be just so busy with, you know, other things that he doesn't have time to concern himself with somebody as unimportant as me. Um, and so he was totally unaware of my suffering, right? So like on the best day, I assumed that God was unaware of my suffering. And on the worst days, I assumed he knew and was apathetic. Um, and I kind of bounced back and forth between those two, those two things for a while. Um, either way, I spent many, many years in great suffering, begging God for a solution, um, to which none came. Um, in fact, the heartache compounded um, for many years, wave upon wave. And I was never really able to fully get a breath of air. Every time I tried to come up for, for air, so to speak, another wave would hit. It would be, you know, another diagnosis for Christian, another crisis in my marriage. Um, uh, my dad would get sick um, and be hospitalized. Christian would have another surgery, you know. And then just when I would think I would reach my limit, our dog died or I wrecked my car or, you know, something like that. Um, and I was so much to my, my capacity and my limit for what I could withstand that um, I wanted to tell you guys this story that just still stands out to me to this day because it was something so small but just tipped me over the edge that day. Um, I was in my kitchen brewing coffee one morning um, many years ago. Chandler was a baby. He was an infant. So that means Christian was a toddler. Um, and that was, you know, a really hard time. And I was brewing myself some coffee. I always... Um, Try, I never I never got to sleep in, and the boys were always up early, but I always tried to brew myself some coffee and just sort of sit down and enjoy five or ten minutes first thing in the morning of just some relaxation in my coffee. It was just one of those tiny little small things I was trying to do for myself each morning to just help me get through. Um, I love the, the smell of coffee brewing and just, you know, that first sip, and so it was just something I was trying to do for me, and it was just, you know, it was important to me. So this one particular morning, I brewed my coffee, put it into my cup, fixed it up. I like just a little bit of sugar and a whole lot of cream. And so um, I get it all ready. I stir it up. I go to pick the coffee cup up to take that first sip. And I'm just, you know, like my mouth is watering for it at this point. And as I pick the coffee cup up, the handle literally breaks clean off from the cup right there in my hand. So, of course, the cup hits the counter and then the floor and on its way down, coffee is everywhere, all over the counter, all over the floor, splashed onto me. I had to change clothes. There was not a single sip left in that entire cup. Um, and as the kicker, you know, you're thinking, OK, clean it up and brew yourself a new cup of coffee. Right, Lacey? Like, that's not that big of a deal. But as the kicker, I had used the very last of my coffee creamer on this cup of coffee that day and I can't drink coffee without creamer. I'm just not, I, I, I love myself too much to do that. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I really like, I really don't like coffee without creamer. Um, and so, um, just brewing another cup of coffee was not that easy. And, um, now you're thinking, well, just run to Walmart and pick up another thing of cream and be back home in 10 minutes. Well, we're 30 minutes from the closest Walmart where I live. My kids were tiny. It was six o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, we have like a dollar store and I was not about to like drag my kids out at six o'clock in the morning for coffee creamer. Um, back in those days, it was just too difficult to do. Um, and so I just stood there in my kitchen covered in coffee, my kitchen covered in coffee, and I just wept 
uh, I, I mean, I was crying about the coffee, and I know that seems silly, but it, I was crying about so much more, you guys. I was just crying at the fact that my tolerance level had been breached, and there was just no more room for me to hold any disappointment or hardship. Um, whatever bare thread was holding the threshold back, the the co- broken coffee cup just snapped it in that moment, and I just could not control the tears. Um, and I, I was really crying, I think, over this complete and total feeling of abandonment by God. So much so that he couldn't even spare my favorite coffee cup, right? Like, I have suffered so much, and you can't even spare me a coffee cup. Um, and that was my thought process at the time. I, I don't really remember the rest of that day or, you know, anything significant about that. But I do remember that, uh, well, it comes up in my Facebook memories that I posted about my coffee mishap um, on Facebook. Um, I did leave out how much I cried. <laughs> but um, the reason I'm mentioning that I posted it on Facebook is because a little bit after I posted it on Facebook, a person, a, a lady who um, I did not know, knocked on my door. And I thought, who's it? You know, who's at my door? And I opened the door and she is standing there with a bottle of my favorite coffee creamer. Um, and I was just, I don't even, she probably, I hope she didn't think I was rude. If she does ever happen to listen to this, I, I hope you don't think I was being rude. I was in shock that somebody would do something like that for me because it was such a huge act of kindness for me in that moment. Um, it was a reminder that God had not abandoned me. Um, sorry, guys. I told you I'm going to cry every podcast. Um, <laughs> it happens. Um, and then, you guys, a few days later, I go to my mailbox, and there's a little box in there. And I open it up, and there's a brand-new coffee cup in it. <laughs> so, you know, I, God, you know, called people to just sort of remind me that I wasn't alone and 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 to help give me just a breath of air between the waves sometimes. And it meant the world to me at that time. Um, but today I look back on those days and I just see how faithful God was to me during those days. I couldn't see it at the time. There was so much pain. You know, pain is blinding sometimes to God's mercy. Um, but that didn't mean the mercy wasn't there. Um, I couldn't understand what God was doing back then or why he was doing it, why he was allowing certain things to happen, why he was allowing me to be pushed past my threshold of, of my ability to tolerate. But looking back, I can always see that he was there um, and that he was at work the whole time. And so when I talk about all this, I'm reminded of something that C.S. Lewis uh, wrote. Uh, I love C.S. Lewis. I'm working on reading through some of his works. Um, and I, I had to look up and sh- to share with you guys a quote that he said one time that meant a lot to me back then when I read it. He says, The more we believe that God hurts only to heal, the less we can believe that there is any use in begging for tenderness. A cruel man might be bribed. But suppose that what you are up against is a surgeon whose intentions are wholly good. The kinder and more conscientious he is, the more inexorably he will go on cutting. If he yields to your entreaties, if he stopped before the operation was complete, 
all the pain up to that point would have been useless. But it is credible that such extremities of torture should be necessary for us. Well, take your choice. The torture occurs. If they are unnecessary, then there is no God or a bad one. If there is a God, then these tortures are necessary. For no even moderately good being could possibly inflict or permit them if they weren't. Either way, we're for it. In those days, I truly believed that God was allowing my pain out of apathy. I couldn't understand what I know now. That's why we say hindsight is twenty twenty. And I didn't always know that God was there in the middle of my heartache when I was sitting in hospital rooms with Christian um, when I would cry myself to sleep at night after a fight with my husband. So I just wanted to take a moment today and encourage anybody who is listening to this who might be in a season of suffering right now, in a season of heartache, um, whatever suffering you're experience, experiencing, um, it may be totally different than mine. It may not even be remotely close to what I personally experienced, but the tortures occur. And I want to speak to whoever might be experiencing those today. The Psalms tells us that God is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. It says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Scripture even tells us not to be surprised when a trial comes to test us, but to rejoice that we share in Christ's suffering. I often forget that God didn't spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. Jesus suffered immensely on earth. He begged God to let the cup pass from him. And while God obviously could have, he could have put a stop to all of Jesus' suffering. He didn't. Because like a surgeon who is operating on a patient with good intentions, in his wisdom and because of his goodness, God did not stop until the surgery was complete, not for his own benefit, but for ours. The Bible tells us that if God didn't even spare his own son for our sake, how shall he not freely give us all things? If God is good, then our suffering is necessary. And we know that God is good because scripture tells us so. I know that it doesn't feel like that when the darkness is trying to overtake you. I know that the darkness is overwhelming and it drowns out the truth. I know that it doesn't look Like God is good when you're fighting as hard as you can to keep your head above water and there's no relief. So I just wanted to take a minute today to remind you of the truth. God didn't even spare Jesus, his own son, out of an abundance of love for you. He is with you. He knows about your pain and he cares about it immensely. But he won't stop cutting until the surgery is complete because he loves you too much to leave you incomplete. He is too good to allow your suffering to be for nothing. And he is too holy to not allow what is necessary for you. I just want to encourage you today 
to keep holding on to truth, keep fighting, keep pushing forward one step at a time, keep pushing back against the darkness, no matter what it feels like right now, no matter how deep the pain goes, have faith. One day you will rise above the dust and walk away from the pain. One day you will get to burn the ships and forever leave behind the pain in the past. One day it will just be an old scar. One day you will get to dance upon the heartache instead of drown in it. Before we go today, guys, I just want to pray for you, um, for anyone listening to this, for anybody that this might have spoken to, for anybody who is in that dark place right now. Um, I just want to pray before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for those listening today. Thank you for the words of encouragement that you have allowed me to speak. Thank you for this platform and this opportunity to speak those words. I pray, Father, that the words that I speak are your words and not my own. I pray that you will use these words. Allow them to come to the right people, uh, to those who need to hear them. Uh, I pray that for those who are struggling, that you will lift them up, that you will hold them up with your righteous right hand, that you will remind them of your love and your mercy. And I pray, Father, that not for the, the pain to stop until it's complete, because I know that's not how you operate, but I pray, Father, that in the pain you will provide them mercy and grace, and you'll provide them with breaths of fresh air to sustain them through it. Father, I know that you will never leave us or forsake us, and I just thank you so much for that, for being a God who is so personal and knows our pain so personally. Thank you so much for giving Jesus for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Um, Please feel free to reach out um, with comments. Um, You can comment on uh, our social media pages. Um, There's also a contact option on my website at LaceyBuchanan.com. I would love to hear from you um, about podcast topics that you would be interested in. I would love to hear how my podcasts, um, how you're enjoying my podcasts, um, if they're helping you at all. Please feel free to reach out anytime. Thank you so much for being here today, and I will see you next time.